0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another exciting episode of the MLB Pipeline podcast. Jonathan Mayo, along with Jim Callis. Is it an episode or an addition? It's an episode, right?
1: I think either one of them works.
0: Okay, fair enough. We've got, of course, lots of draft and minor league prospect talk coming to you this week as the calendar turns to June. We're going to take a look at the top draft prospects who are still in postseason play. The field of 64 for the NCAA postseason has been announced. That gets going later this week. Uh, we'll take a look at uh, the guys who will still be – hitting and pitching in uh, in those exciting regionals coming up. We've got a new member of the Top 100 to officially introduce. We look at the top prospects in Olympic qualifying play. And of course, as always, we will finish off with your mailbag. Jim, how was your Memorial Day weekend? Were you able to work on any of your grill master skills?
1: No, we took it kind of easy. I, I, did, I did crank out a prospect team of the week for you on Memorial Day. Um, hot.
0: It was hot off the grill.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, but no, it, it, was, it was all good. How about, uh, how about with you?
0: We were away for a family event, so we actually spent Memorial Day uh, in the car for nine hours. But other than that, uh, it was actually very nice to celebrate a, a family event, my niece's bat mitzvah, in person like with other people it felt kind of normal that was kind of cool you know as we're seeing more and more fans going to sporting events uh the ability to do this kind of event was it was still scaled down from what it normally would have been but it was it was still fun to actually celebrate in person with people rather than on a zoom screen which is kind of how we you know things have been for the last year and change so exciting times all around why don't we uh, get started? Because we do have some exciting things to to talk about. The NCAA tournament is getting started. The field of sixty four is out. We will not dive into the fact that my my hometown school, the Pitt Panthers, were snubbed. Because frankly, I don't I don't really know whether they were snubbed. It just it seemed like they were on path, and then they kind of went off course. Not a lot of draft prospects on that Pitt Panthers team, anyway. So we're going to take a look really at the top guys. Uh, In in the NCAA tournament, uh, we've been doing, you know, kind of a a five guys kind of thing overall. But let me first run through just very quickly. I'm not going to go through all 64 teams. Thank you. um, But uh, I should. I'm going to put some money down on New Jersey Tech to take it all. But the number one seeds uh, are in no real order. Arkansas, Louisiana Tech, Texas, Florida, Tennessee, Oregon, Vanderbilt, East Carolina, Arizona, Mississippi, TCU, the Texas Christian, Old Dominion, Mississippi State, Notre Dame, Texas Tech, and Stanford. So one of the things that's great about the tournament in, in general in postseason play is that, you know it's a mix of these teams that we've been hearing a lot about because they've got you know some high-profile draft guys, and we don't talk too much about college baseball, uh, but there are a lot of just good baseball teams. Uh, on this 64, Jim, I know you're a huge college baseball postseason fan, especially once they get down to 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 Omaha, where you make your your annual Hodge, if if you will. So you you want to wax poetic for a minute just about how awesome postseason play in college baseball is.
1: It, it is, and it, and what's cool now is is with the explosion of these games being available. On TV, ESPN does a great job of covering them. They, they do a whip around show where they take you from regional to regional, which again, it's another thing that makes me feel old because I would have, when I started covering this stuff, my, my first job at Baseball America, the college beat was, was my primary focus. Well, one of many focuses because we had a small staff if you told me that there would be a day where we'd have 64 teams in the regionals and espn would be covering them all and you could take me from regional to regional and i could watch on my phone if i wanted i i wouldn't have believed you but um no it, it's just cool watching all the all these go on i i do like this format you, you'll have 16 winners and they'll play in best two out of three series to, to go to omaha um and it's exciting i have not just because we've been busy doing draft stuff and otherwise not necessarily, I guess, broken down, like in my mind, like, okay, who looks like they're going to Omaha and and who's got an easy path and who has a difficult path. But it, it, it's fun. I mean, there's a lot of high stakes college baseball being played and a lot of guys we'll see picked in, in, in this year's draft and in future drafts um, will, will be center stage. So it'll, it'll be fun to watch all that.
0: Let's be honest, Jim back when you started the idea of a phone not having a, a, a rotary on it and plugged into your wall didn't occur to you
1: Well no well, I mean back then I mean it, this is how long ago it was you, you would find out what was going on at regionals there were two ways to find out one, you could call the press box and and, and get an update or, the baseball America, like we'd get, like after each regional game, we'd get a fax from baseball, uh, a fax at Baseball America. So if you heard activity on the fax machine, you ran upstairs and and you get the latest box score from Texas or Arizona State or whatever. It's 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 a little bit different now.
0: Just a little bit. Um, one of the things that's really different this year, and we've we've touched on this uh, a few times in the past, but you know, typically the conference tournaments, which just happened are kind of the last, like, serious, long scouting look. And, you know, teams are then in meetings, and they're keeping an eye on the regionals, and, and maybe they have some uh, associate scouts or some area guys go and, and you know, check uh, in for things like that. But it's not, you know, a whole lot of scouting. But now, because the draft isn't until July, you know, starting with these regionals, I mean, I would imagine these are going to be very heavily attended and heavily scouted Especially given, as we've talked about ad nauseum, the the lack of data from you know the previous year from from the summer for the college guys, especially, you know, how much import do you think the, the you know, the postseason play is going to have? You know, you don't want one or two games to greatly alter, but I would imagine that, you know, if a if a starting pitcher, say, who had been a little up and down, you know, throws a two hit shutout. In regional play or super regional play, or pitches their team into to Omaha, like that, that could greatly impact status. I would think at this point, no.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of a balance where, yes, you'll be able to scout these these games more than you could in the past because in the past, I mean, the draft would have been next week, you know, so you wouldn't have had your top guys out. And and I don't like on one hand though, I mean, people have been scouting college players for three and a half months, so it's like I don't know that it makes. I don't know that it's going to radically alter what you think of a guy, but like, let's say you're picking at the top of the draft and you're considering both Jack Leiter and Kumar rocker. This gives you another you know, chance or, you know, if they continue to win, you know, multiple chances to compare and contrast, you know, it, it, it's funny. Cause I mean, you hear this, Jonathan, I mean, teams will always say like, Oh, we don't perform in scout, but they kind of do to some extent. Like we both know if I'm just picking a guy at random, Judd Fabian goes out and hits six homers this weekend in a regional. That's going to help him. I mean, it it will help him. And if I, I won't jinx anybody, but let's say some pitcher goes out and you know, you were on the fence on him a little bit and he gets shelled, that that's going to knock him down a little bit. You know, I, I do know that you know all these guys have been scouted heavily. You know, the guys who are going to go in the first round. But this just gives you a chance to dig in a, a little bit deeper.
0: Yeah, I think with without question and you know one of the things that needs to be said is the scouts are humans so, so sometimes that last impression will you know there's some familiarity bias so if you see a guy good or you see him not good right at the end there and you're in the draft room and you're trying to decide between two guys or there's an argument over two or three and some of that may depend on who it is that's going to see them you know it's just the same reason why if a scouting director goes in to see a potential first round pick and he's not good, it becomes exponentially m- more difficult to take that guy in the first round. Yes, you trust your scouts, but, you know, in an ideal world, do you see that player perform well or at least show off the tools uh, well? And and this is a, a chance where there's pressure and the spotlight. So you see how they react and respond to that pressure. So I, I agree. I think that uh, it, it is going to. Uh, really interesting to see how much impact the, the postseason play has when it used to, you know, have very little impact unless there was an injury, and then Omaha, you know, used to happen after the draft. So,
1: well, even the Super Regionals too. I mean, the, right. the draft almost always was would have been at the same time. You know, like next Monday or Tuesday or Thursday, depending on on what day of the week they started it. But yeah, I mean, usually, you know, it was over. You know, we won't we won't hear the gnashing of teeth, which I always thought was overrated. Like. Oh, poor Jonathan India is playing in a game and he had to find out in the middle of his game that he was fifth overall pick. It's like these guys deal with pressure all the time. And, and I, I, I won't go on a tirade here, Jonathan, but like when I hear that from my friends who cover college baseball, it's like, look, there's going to be draft pressure regardless. Like, you don't think there's going to be pressure on guys? That, yes, that the draft won't happen while they're in the middle of the game. But all these guys participating in regionals know how they perform is going to have some impact on how they get drafted, and there's pressure to win these games anyway. So I, I never bought that that was a big factor, but at least we won't have to hear any wailing about how unjust that is.
0: Right. I mean, people will find something else to complain about, no doubt. But uh, but yes, you, that 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 is true. It, it's funny to think like you know these, uh, you know you look at lighter and rocker, for instance, and we've been talking about them all They've been playing with. How many people watching them each and every start? Do you you really think that 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 kind of pressure is going to really matter that much? No, come on. Plus, they're trying to win a national championship, which does matter to them. You know, it's not like, uh, yes, they they are looking forward to a, a long career in the big leagues, hopefully, but and college baseball is a stepping stone to that. But let's not dismiss the fact that players decide to go to a school like Vanderbilt or you know, Arkansas or UCLA or whatever. You know, any of the teams that are competing, because they want to, they want to win a title. Like these, these guys are all competitive. So that, that I think that a lot of the college programs do a very good job of providing a buffer from that pressure. Uh, they're replacing with a different kind of pressure, but one that speaks to the competitive nature of wanting to win as a team, and that shouldn't get thrown out uh, thrown out the window. There are a lot of good players who are going to be you know playing in 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 the tournament starting with that vanderbilt duo so our five guys this week are the five top players in the field of 64 uh jim why don't we do it this way uh just because that's how we have it written in our rundown here but why don't you take the first three and then i'll take the the next two because that's how it's divvied up based on how we split up the country
1: yeah, I don't know if anybody's heard of the first two guys, Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker um, for huh. Vanderbilt. What positions did they play? They're they're both pitchers. Really? I, I think I have to check. I think they're they're related to famous athletes as well.
0: Um, interesting.
1: But anyway, they have a host regional. Vanderbilt's number four overall seed. Be interesting to see how they play it because, and, and I haven't, I, I don't know if they've announced it yet, but they play. You know, they're the number, the fourth overall seed in the whole tournament. Um, they're playing Presbyterian. In the first round you would think vanderbilt would be heavily favored in that game so i don't know if you save rocker and lighter to pitch games two and three on the other half of the bracket you have georgia tech and indiana state vanderbilt should be a prohibitive favorite in that bracket my guess is maybe they will save those guys um and rocker and lighter will pitch in, in games two and three they're both coming off sec ter- losses in the sec tournament where their command was not the sharpest I mean, they, they both pitched okay. They didn't go out and, and, and dominate. It wasn't, you know, Jack Leiter didn't throw a no-hitter and Kumar Rocker didn't strike out 19 guys. But but they were fine. I don't think it really affected their draft stock much. You know, I, and, I, you know, it's funny, Jonathan, on those guys. I mean, yes, like we just talked about, how they perform down the stretch may factor in. But I, I kind of got to feel like if you're in a position, you're, you're one of those teams in the top five or ten picks where those guys are going to go. I feel like you you pretty much feel like you have a pretty good sense of what those guys are at this point, don't you? Um, I mean, you don't want to see... I mean, you want to make sure they hold up and and, and don't get hurt. And, you know, I mean, Jack Leiter, there's still little questions about, you know, how much his stuff's going to hold up over the full season. So you want to see that. And I guess if Kumar has a 19 strikeout super regional no-hitter, you know, everybody will be impressed by that. But, like, I... I almost feel like a lot of the hay is in the barn on those guys. Does that make I,
0: sense? Wow, that's excellent. Um Yeah, I, I think that's true. Maybe more for rocker than for lighter. Now like you know, sort of going back to the first part of the conversation, like you said, it could a, a ridiculous string of a couple of postseason starts by rocker you know, uh, convince a team in the top five uh, who was kind of like, I don't know, it's been up and down. I don't, you know, the command, whatever the issues you might have, maybe. With Lighter, I think any additional data is is good because he's pitched such a small amount. You kind of know who he is. He's not going to answer those questions about uh, ultimate durability. Uh, I think that if he sort of shows that he has an extra gear, that he was saving uh, for postseason play, I think that helps speak to that to a certain extent. So I think for him, it it could help him. We're in that splitting hairs territory of guys at the very top of the draft, right? I mean, Lighter and Rocker's name are still being bandied about all over the, we'll say the top 10, you know, Lighter more even in the the top three to five. Is it going to make that much difference? I, I don't, I don't think so, you know, but I do think that because before this year he's only had you know what four college starts from last year's shortened season uh, on his resume, it, it could it could it could help him a little bit more.
1: You know, like we said, it would be very interesting <laughs> if Kumar Rocker did what he did as a freshman, which was have you know they they lost the first game of the Super Regional to Duke, and he came out and and went against Bryce Jarvis, who wound up being a first round pick last year, and threw a 19 strikeout no hitter. And then he went on and was MVP or most outstanding player, technically, at at the College World Series. So, like, if he finished with that kind of rush, like, you know, maybe it pushes him up a little bit, too. But, like, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then the third guy who's the third college pitcher right now is Ty Madden. I think Ty Madden's start has more importance for his draft status. You know, we're working on these mocks every week, alternating. And I had him going 12th to the Mariners in last week's uh, mock. You're working on a new one. But I had guys tell me they thought he was slipping a little bit. You know, he's University of Texas right-hander. You know I've been bullish on this guy coming into the season. And he's had a good, not great season. You know, he's got 2 6, six ERA, 103 strikeouts in 88 innings. But over the last four starts, his ERA has jumped almost a full run. He's pitched 23 and two-thirds innings. He's given up 17 runs, 14 earned during that span. And, you know, I think other college pitchers like Jordan Wicks at Kansas State, Michael McGreevy at UCSB, Sam Bachman at Miami of Ohio are getting closer to him. So to kind of keep his hold as the number three college pitcher right now, I think he needs to go out and have a strong performance. Now, Texas is the number two seed, number two overall seed, number one seed at their own Austin Regional. They're playing Southern in the first round. I doubt he's going to pitch that game. They, they would play the winner, assuming they beat Southern of Arizona State Fairfield in the second round. He, I, I guess he would probably pitch that game to, to put them in the driver's seat. You know, like the Vanderbilt guys, Jonathan, I think Texas can be heavily favored to make it to the Super Regionals and actually to make it to Omaha. So Leiter and Rocker and Madden probably all have at least two starts and maybe three or four starts remaining in their college careers. Um, and I think for Ty Madden, they're a little bit more important, like I said, than the Vanderbilt guys.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, that's probably accurate, uh, so he can kind of write the ship. Another guy that popped to mind not in the top five is Michael McGreevy from Santa Barbara. They were one of the last teams in. I mean, we could kind of go through all the teams, and probably find some interesting storylines, but he, he popped into my head just because he was a guy who had so much helium. And then his last few starts, he wasn't terrible. He just was hit a lot. Uh, he still didn't walk anybody and missed a lot of bats. So I don't think it's hurt his stock. And they obviously, you know, they're in a in a regional that's hosted by Arizona. Uh, You know, there's no guarantee that they're going to make it through. So you might see him uh, a little bit earlier on. uh, I would venture to guess. I mean, Santa Barbara usually has a good pitching staff overall, uh, but that last start or if he manages to have more than one start, if they are able to advance, uh, could help. You know, calm anybody who was like, "Well, oh boy, he's been kind of hittable his last few." Uh, overall, his resume this year has been very good. The two guys on mine uh, are both hitters, uh, both sort of hoping to answer some small questions uh, or, or larger questions. The first is Matt McLean uh, from UCLA, and UCLA is the two seed uh, in in the regional hosted by Texas Tech. McLean was out with a broken something we're not a hundred hand thumb whatever it was he did return over the weekend against Arizona State uh so you know whatever rust he had hopefully he's uh shaken off and he managed to to go you know four for 13 with a couple of doubles right before he got hurt McLean was uh red hot uh this is the guy who was thought to be uh you know a potential top five certainly top 10 pick in terms of being a college performer started off the year very very slowly and then was coming on before the injury Uh, so his name is somewhere in the middle of the first round i've heard it floating upwards i think he's a guy that if ucla plays for a while and i think they have you know they do have a chance to uh i think that he could sort of move his way back up into that top 10 area you know maybe even a little higher if a team wants to you know try to cut a, a little bit of a deal and take him take him higher uh because uh, of, of his track record of, of performance. But he you know he's now up to hitting 323 with a nine ninety eight OPS and nine stolen bases. So you know uh he does bring uh certain, like I said, track record of performance as a as a college hitter with a an advanced approach and a little more pop than you would think, given that he's not the, the biggest guy in the world. Plus he's also shown that he can play shortstop. The last guy, and I, I really I think I need to kind of stop figuring out what to do with uh, Judd Fabian of Florida. Uh, This was a guy who started out the year with a ridiculously high strikeout rate, like 40% strikeout rate uh, early on, then really got going and looked like he was kind of moving his way back up to where a lot of, you know, close to where a lot of people thought. And this was a guy that I think some people thought could have figured into the very top of the draft if he had, uh, you know, had a, had a really good spring. Right when he was looked like he was hitting his stride, they played a, a series against Arkansas, and he went one for eleven with nine strikeouts. And I think that kind of was a bit of a of a brick uh, a brick wall. But the Gators, number one seed, I think they fit into that category. Jim, you know, like you said, that he should get to play baseball beyond the regional. So there's could be a set of games against good competition you know, there are questions about the swing and miss and they aren't going to be answered in five, six games or whatever it is he ends up playing or even if they go into Omaha. But if he can really go off, as we said at the top, he's a guy who I think could continue to help himself because the tools are so enticing if you feel that he is going to make enough contact to use them regularly.
1: Yeah, and I feel like Jonathan, you know, Henry Davis we'll talk about a little bit because he didn't make it to to the regionals with Louisville is the best college position player. I think everybody agrees on that. I, I don't think there's a consensus on who number two is. It could be McLean. It could be Fabian. It could be Kowser, It could be Frelick. You know, those guys didn't make the regionals either. But, like, there, there's a lot still to be determined in that regard. And I was just going to say that bringing this a little bit full circle, you know, assuming that Florida wins their regional where they're the the host – they will likely face Ty Madden in Texas in the second round. So we could get Madden versus Fabian. But Jonathan, we wanted to just touch briefly. We don't need to break all these guys down. but I, And I think they're all, well, most of the guys are from my half of the country, but the five best players who didn't make the postseason, and we'll talk a little bit about what that, what, what's going to mean for them. But just to recap those guys real quick, Henry Davis, catcher from Louisville, will probably be the first college position player taken, potential number one overall pick. We've got a pair of outfielders in and Colton Kauser and from Sam Houston, Sal Frelick from, from BC. Their teams didn't qualify. And then a couple of the pitchers we touched on, we we're talking about who might be the third best pitcher. Sam Bachman from Miami of Ohio, Jordan Wicks from Kansas State. And it's going to be interesting, Jonathan, because in past years, okay, they would have lost out on a weekend um, that wouldn't have been heavily scouted anyway. Now they basically get 6 weeks before their between the end of their college season and the draft so it'll be interesting to see what happens with them and and, and I don't know if you've talked to many people about it, Jonathan but it sounds like I, I think it'll be kind of the normal they'll work out for the teams that are perhaps the most interested in drafting them um but they're going to have a lot of time to wait between the end of their college season and the draft
0: Yeah I haven't gotten too much information uh I, you know I'm curious to see as the you know time goes on how much information we we are able to glean from, you know, Sal Frillick is working out for the Colorado Rockies. I'm just bringing that up because I know, I think I put him with the Rockies in one of my mocks. So I'm not talking out of turn here, right? Whether that means much or not, you know, th- there's time, right? So, you know, if you're picking in the top 10 and you're uncertain, you could work out as many guys uh, a- as you want. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the, with those guys, and 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 of course, all the high school guys whose seasons are now over and aren't really doing anything. Uh, there are players who will have the ability to go to the draft combine. Um, some are in the draft league now, not you know the upper echelon guys. There are summer leagues that'll be starting where guys could potentially go play uh, and and get seen. So, uh, all of this is is kind of. Uh, Kind of unknown. So we're going to have to wait and see. But we'll have much, much more, uh, obviously, on, on MLB Pipeline, MLB.com, and here on our podcast. But right now, we're going to take a quick break. When we can come back, we're going to talk about another tournament. That's right. There's still an Olympic qualifying tournament to go. A lot of good prospects. And we'll talk about them next on the MLB Pipeline podcast. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Roman is the official partner of Major League Baseball. That's GetRoman.com slash MLB. GetRoman.com slash MLB. And we're back. MLB Pipeline podcast, Jonathan Mayo along with Jim Callis. Olympic qualifying Uh, the Olympics. uh, They're still calling it the 2020 Olympics, uh, which is confusing to me. Uh, Time doesn't really have much meaning anyway, but it's the 2020 Olympics happening now in Japan. uh, And baseball is back, at least for now. And there are some open spots and there's an Olympic qualifier happening. uh, And there's some really good prospects uh, coming in. So this is the the, the last qualifying, and no, it's not though. Hey, Jonathan, and,
1: I, I, I got oh, this not. is the most, and I don't blame you, it's the most complicated qualifying I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> Wait, there's another qualifying, Yeah. So, is? like, if
1: you'll recall, when we were in the Arizona Fall League in 2019, they did, I think it was called Premier 12. Um, and Mexico and South Korea qualified there, Japan is automatically in because they're the host nation. And I know you're very excited. Israel won the Africa-Europe qualifying event yes. in September 2019. Let's go. But so this event, there, there there are going to be, I think, six teams in the tournament, in the Olympic tournament, if I've got this correct. Anyway, somebody will win this America's qualifying event. But the, se- the second and third place teams in this tournament who, who don't win will move on to a final qualifying tournament uh, there will also include the runner-up from the Africa-Europe qualifying event the, and the top two finishers from the 2019 Asian Baseball Championship that haven't already qualified and Australia. So it, it's, it's very confusing. So anyway, the Team USA and these teams can get in, but if you don't win, but you finish second or third, you will get an additional chance to qualify. Anyway, sorry, but that was...
0: No, no, I'm glad that you rectified the situation. My head literally just exploded. Uh, So the rosters for this particular tournament going on that we're talking about, the United States, Canada, the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Nicaragua, Colombia, and Cuba, games have already started. The Dominican Republic won five to two over Puerto Rico, for instance, the U.S. won their game against Nicaragua. Venezuela beat Cuba and Canada beat Colombia. Those were games all held on Memorial Day. These taking place in Florida, but there are a lot of top prospects uh, competing. Uh, I think we counted six top 100 guys. Julio Rodriguez, playing for the Dominican uh, team, went two for five and made a uh, an important sliding catch in the ninth inning to help seal uh, the Dominicans' victory there. Uh, Matthew Libertor, the the lefty from the Cardinals, is pitching for Team USA. Simeon Woods Richardson. Uh, from the Blue Jays, also for Team USA, and Jeter Downs from the Red Sox is pitching for the Columbia team. And, Jim, one of the things that sort of stands out about this is that the Red Sox were very um, gracious in gifting top prospects to Olympic qualifying.
1: Yeah, I I thought that was very interesting. And and Columbia and Jeter Downs actually got no hit yesterday by Canada. Um, Andrew Albers went seven innings and two relievers, finished off that no hitter for Canada, seven to nothing. But, yeah, and an interesting thing to me – is, well, one, you know, you got the top three prospects, all of whom are on the top 100. But the, the Jaron Duran one actually surprised me a little bit. And I will say kudos to the Red Sox because it would have been easy to say, well, you know, we're contending. He's, you know, playing very well in triple A. He might be up, you know, soon. Like, like, you could make a case. I think you could easily make a case that Jaron Duran could be playing every day for the Red Sox right now. Like, he is... You know, he's close to getting that shot. He's merited that look. You know, we've talked about him a lot on the podcast, Jonathan, about how you know the great first you know, great debut in eighteen as, as a seventh round pick, you know, great first full season in 2019, played in the futures game, tore up high A, then he leveled off in double A. And we heard he made these swing changes to the alternate site to add power. He's already a plus plus runner. Well, he had seven homers in eighteen games in AAA. Um, and the Red Sox could use some outfield help. They could use his speed. Like, I, I, if you told me what's more likely, the Red Sox call Jaron Duran up May 31st, or the Red Sox tell Jaron Duran you can go play in the Olympics qualifier on May 31st, I, I would have gone with the former. Um, but anyway, I, I think it's, it, it's it's nice to, to see them allowing him to participate. You know, I, I'm sure it was presented hey, if you want to do this, you know, you've been invited, go ahead. But I I thought that was pretty cool. It it just, it kind of caught me off guard. And and as you noted, three of the top six, three of the six top 100 prospects are Red Sox. They're the top three prospects in the system. And, you know, kind of cool to see.
0: Very cool to see. And uh, Duran had three hits. And Matthew Libertor allowed one run in five innings in Team USA's 7-1 victory over Nicaragua on Monday, getting them off to a good start. So those top 100 prospects. Hey, already Jonathan, showing... I'm, I'm going
1: to interrupt because Danny Gentilly's not here to stop me. I'm giving you a quick quiz. It's really an opinion. Oh, no, no, it's an opinion. So exactly. like, there All is right. no wrong answer. If we're if we're ranking, I know I do the Red Sox list, but if we're doing the Red Sox list today, starting from scratch, or let's say I'm like Jonathan, I'm done with the Red Sox. It's your list. Would Jaron Duran? <laughs> like that
0: would ever happen? Would
1: Duran? Be your number one Red Sox prospect if you were starting from scratch today.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I think I might still be inclined to Picasso one. I think I might go Duran two and Downs three. It's a good problem. I think have. I
1: would do that too. But J- Jaron Duran, you know, with the power apparently, 18 game sample size looking real pretty interesting i i do love tristan Costa, so I- he's
0: very interesting and i don't think you'd be wrong by the way i think that's an, you know one of those things like if you said no you know what i really need duran to be the top guy i'd be like all right i can't i wouldn't pound the the table for for that one so that's a good one speaking of top 100 we do have one new guy uh it's nice when we only have one at a time it's easier to talk about uh, spencer howard from the phillies graduates off the top 100 and we are able to welcome in Gabriel Arias. Jim, would you like to tell us about Mr. Arias?
1: I feel like we should have like a pipeline swag bag that we we, we sent to these guys to officially welcome them in. <laughs> I don't know what would be in the pipeline swag bag since we don't have official pipeline gear. But we, we I think we, we need to work on a pipeline this swag bag. A signed bag. photo
0: of Jim Callis.
1: And Jonathan Mayo. Maybe, maybe a copy of, of MLB The Show 21 since we're both in the Very game.
0: Very, wow. How about that for a shameless plug? We'll,
1: we'll throw that a little cross promotion nice, for Sony done. and PS4 there. But, um, but, you know, Gabriel, <laughs> Gabriel Arias, like, it's funny, John. I actually voted, I think, for Gabriel Arias to make the top 100 in the off season going into 2020. So I've been a Arias fan for a while, um, going back to when he was in the Padres system. Um, got traded to the Indians, which is one of the lists I do. Um, you know, he was part of the, the Padres $78 million international class. And man, he's, he's got some tools, Jonathan. I mean, his arm ranks up there with the best infield arms in the minor leagues. You could put an 80 on it. If you, if you want to be aggressive, I I went 75. He, I think he's a plus defender at shortstop. You know, he's an average runner, but with his arm strength and his instincts, I think you could play this guy anywhere in the infield. You could easily play him on the outfield corners as well. And he's got power. The last full season, We had, he had 17 home runs in high class A as a 19-year-old. You know, I I think ultimately how well the bat plays, and we can say this about a bunch of guys, is going to come down to how well he controls the strike zone because he's he's aggressive at the plate. That said, while he's not off to a, a tremendous start in AAA this year, he, he's, he's walked 12 times in 22 games after walking 25 and 120 two years ago. So you're seeing some progress there. Uh, really interesting. And, you know, again, I do this, I say this all the time about the Indians list, Jonathan. They've got so many quality infield prospects in that system. It's just ridiculous. Like, I'm just, I mean, I've got five in my top 10. I think there's something like 13 or 14 infielders on the top 30. The, the, the infield is the strength of that system, and Arius is, is a big part of that strength.
0: It's a yeah, it's a fun system to write about. Were you surprised at all that you know he he kind of double jumped, and obviously the whole nebulous area of the Alt Site 2020 for these guys who didn't play, but you know he had not played above A ball, and uh, now he's in Triple A, one of the younger regulars in in Triple A, uh, which probably speaks to why. Uh, he may be taking a little time to get his feet under him, although his approach has been very good. Did that surprise you at all? Is it just because there's so many infielders, there's only so many places?
1: I think, I think, I think it's, it's the latter. I mean, I, I think it's two things. One, I, I think we've seen, as we've discussed, with a lot of the top prospects – Teams treated, okay, you know, they didn't to get to playing games. We're going to act kind of like 2020 happened and he would have been in double A last year. So he'll be in triple A this year. I think we've seen that with a lot of the teams, better prospects, but I think in their case specifically, they've got Tyler Freeman, who's also on the top 100 prospects list, who, you know, Arias spent a full season in high A in 2019 in the pottery system. Freeman spent half a season in high A in the Indian system. And I think while they're both going to get some positional flexibility, the Indians want both those guys to be the primary shortstop on their teams. So Freeman went to double a where he's, this will shock you, Jonathan. He's, he's hitting three seventy. Tyler Freeman hitting for average in A. Who would have thought that? Because that's all he does anywhere. Um, and, and driving the ball some, too. So I, I think that, that dictated it more. They wanted those guys on different teams so they could both get the majority of their playing time at shortstop.
0: Makes some sense. Makes some sense. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we will wrap things up, as we always do, with our mailbag right here on the MLB Pipeline Podcast.
2: This past year has shown us that without your health, you have nothing. If you're not well, you can't work, look after yourself, or take care of your family. You can't enjoy the life you've worked so hard to build. That's why you need to prioritize taking care of your long-term health today, before it goes from good to bad to worse. So invest in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early before it's too late. And catching them early could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. Everyone's health history is different, which is why Forward doctors personalize a health plan with you based on your genetics, lifestyle, and biometrics to achieve long-term results and ensure nothing gets missed. It's time to invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Go to goforward.com today to protect your future health. That's goforward.com, goforward.com.
0: We're back here on the MLB Pipeline podcast. A few minutes left here to go. We're opening up the mailbag as we always do. And Jim, this one comes from Nate Lash. What do the White Sox do with Jake Berger at the major league level since he's blocked at multiple positions now the White Sox are your club so I will let you fire away
1: here's the thing I I would file this under good problems to have you don't have to do anything about it right now your big league team's playing great and honestly I think the, the the thing the White Sox are doing right now with Jake Berger is celebrating the fact that he's playing every day I mean he was 11th overall pick in 2017. Uh, his first spring training, he tore his Achilles. He tore it again during rehab. He had more foot issues in 2019. Then the pandemic came. And, and Jake Berger last played a pro game in low A in 2017. Um, so I think they're happy. He's, you know, he's got six homers in 18 games in, in Charlotte. The ball flies in Charlotte, but Berger went 11th overall in large part because he might have been the best college power hitter in that draft in 2017. So I think, like, honestly, I don't think he's part of, even if he hits 30 homers, I don't think, they, I think they just wanted to play every day and they'll worry about the future in the future. But that said, you know, they do have some older guys on their team. You know, Jose Abreu isn't going to be there forever. joan Mancada, theoretically, if you had to get Jake Berger in the lineup, you could put Yohan Mankata in the outfield in the future and put Jake Berger at third. You know, Andrew Vaughn is eventually going to go to first base and Abreu to DH. Um, you know, there's ways to get, you know, at-bats for guys. I, I think it's just whatever Jake Berger does this year, if, if he has a fully healthy year, I think that's all the White Sox are asking for and they'll worry about Jake Berger in 2022. But they do have, old, like I was gonna say, they have older guys on the team. There's going to be an outfield spot open. Jose Abreu at some point is going to stop driving in or run a game. Hey, you know, you're mean Mercedes off to a great start. Is he really a long-term guy? You know, he's never gotten a chance to play before he's 28. I think that's up in there too. You know, you always had, you know, injuries sometimes open up spots. So I, I think if Jake Berger has a good year, Jonathan, they'll find a way to get him at bats. You know, does he get regular at bats in 2022? Maybe not, but if he has a great year this year, you can always find a way to get a guy 200, 300 at bats, and then you go from there. So I, I, I don't really think they're sweating it, and I think it'll resolve itself if they need to find a spot for
0: him. Yeah, and I mean it's interesting. He's been playing third base, which is remarkable, g- given all the injuries and questions about whether he'd play there. And so you know, we'll we'll see what happens with that. I agree with you. I think the the biggest news is Jake Berger's playing baseball, which which is really exciting for a guy that you know was drafted, as you said, you know, an advanced college bat. The hope is always that those guys get to the big leagues quickly, and he hasn't played in a really long time, as you said, since 2017. So let him let him get some. action. He attach. played
1: in the CarShield Collegiate League last year, Jonathan, just to get him some game action. That's how desperate they were to find him a play, you know, get him on the field in games.
0: The, I mean, he probably was thrilled to be healthy and being able to swing the bat and do anything, you know, it, com- remotely competitive. So uh, I- I- exciting for him. Uh, and exciting for the White Sox, you know, this, he's on their forty-man roster, and he's barely played baseball. And you know, they um they took a shot with it then, and look, and it's looking like it's going to pay off eventually. And uh, you know, we've said it often. You know, as scouts like to say, or people in baseball? You know, guys who hit will find their way into the lineup." And I think it as you, you sort of put out the different permutations, they will find a way.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to we're, we're going to go double mailbag this week, Jonathan. So I'm going to give you first crack at question number two, which comes from sold the team 05. And he says, I've seen most of the players you've mentioned to the Mets are in college. This is in reference to our our weekly mock drafts. Are the Mets eyeing college players to try and get to the big leagues quicker? Or is that just the way the board is playing out? They have an MO for high school bats and college arms recently. Now, of course, Jonathan, it's a new front office this year too. what do you make of this question?
0: It's a new front office, but there's a lot of the same scouting staff. True, um, and so it's, we're never a hundred percent sure how that's going to play out. I, I think it is more that that is how the board is playing out, at least how we've lined it up so far. Uh, you know, uh, he did his, you know, he's done his draft history. Three straight college bats the last three years in the first round. Jared Kelnick. Sorry, Met fans, Brett Beatty and Pete Crow Armstrong. So, you know, they clearly do. If, if that kind of player were, you know, around at that point in time, sure, maybe that would make some sense. I, I think that right now, that guy doesn't exist. Uh, you know, the, the, there, are, there are a lot of really good high school bats, but uh, you and I have both had Marcelo Meyer, Jordan Lawler. Brady House and Khalil Watson going ahead of the Mets. If any of those would fall, any of those players would fall, you know, would be around the ten. I'm sure that the Mets would be very interested, but they're not. The <laughs> based on our mocks as of right now, the next possible high school bat would probably be Benny Montgomery, and I think there are too many questions for him about swing and miss. For him to go that high. Now, that doesn't mean a team like the Angels or even the Mets could kick the tires and say, well, could we save a little money by taking them that high? Uh, You know, we don't know that yet. Um, But I think it's really when we've lined up that top 10, those are the players. Who, you know, have fit in. There are a couple college arms, maybe, but you know, you mentioned Ty Madden, he may be sliding. People aren't looking at Ryan Kusick as a top ten pick right now. Um, you know, so could they be interested in in a in a in a Jackson Job? Maybe. Um, you know, they did take Matt Allen, but in the third round. So like you know, based on their draft history, and you know, as Jim you pointed out, there is some unknown here because it is there are new front office pieces. Um, The college, the college bats seem to make the most sense uh, based on how things line up. As of right now, I think I used enough sort of caveats and qualifier type phrasing to to show just how much unknown there is still.
1: Yeah, I mean, because, again, I mean, we have is it four? 41 days until the draft, I think, as we record this, 40 days until the draft. Um, Something like that. Yeah, you know, almost six weeks. And I think you answered that very well. I I think it's just a matter of where they sit. You've got the four high school shortstops in Jackson Job. I think if any of them, like you said, Jonathan made it to 10, they'd be in play for the Mets at 10. And with the way Gunnar Hoglund got hurt, Ty Madden is slipping a little bit that if all the high school guys, if the five best high school guys go in the first nine picks, and unless some of these college pitchers reassert themselves, then you're looking at that, you know, Matt McClain, Sal Frelic, uh, Colton Kalser, uh, Judd Fabian group. So I, it's, I, 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 I'm I, with you a hundred percent on that one. Um, I, I think it's more a matter of circumstances. And to be honest, I mean, you, that, that's what you should do. You have to let the draft come to you. If you, if you target a certain demographic, like for, like, for instance, let's say the Mets and somebody decided we got to get, you know, we want to go super young. We're going to go high school. Well, there, there's maybe not going to be a high school guy. You'd be forcing the issue with, with Benny Montgomery or, or Harry Ford, maybe. So, yeah, I, I think it's just circumstances. And, you know, as far as we could tell, the Mets are going to let the board play out in front of them and, and then, you know, take whoever the best guy is. And the, the odds are based on the, intel at this point that it will be a college bat
0: excellent work as always james that is going to wrap things up for this week's mlb pipeline podcast don't forget to subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcast and so you don't miss an episode tell your friends if you're enjoying the show or have any suggestions leave us a rating and a review thanks for listening we'll talk to all of you next week Go to getroman.com/mlb today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Roman is the official partner of Major League Baseball. That's getroman.com/mlb. getroman.com/mlb.